Welcome to our first crossover with the Prophet's Perch and Tab Talks. Wow. <laughs> Hello, Stacey March from the Prophet's Perch. Hello, Tabitha Haynes from Tab Talks Live. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you. <laughs> so we have titled this one, The Prophetic Window and Witchcraft. <laughs> That's catchy. That's real catchy. <sighs> We're going to have a ton of listening listens on this one. Tons of listening and listens. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. So you have just started a brand new podcast of your own. We actually used to podcast together. The Lord has called us to kind of two separate arenas, which at first can seem really sad, but now I look at it more like let's divide and conquer. And look at us. We're back together for this crossover. And I'm still a little sad. Yeah, it is bittersweet. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the prophet's perch before we jump into our nice title? Yes. So I think I need to say I never wanted to podcast again. I had sworn off podcasting. If I couldn't do it with you, I sure as heck wasn't going to do it by myself because where's the fun in that? Where's the friendship in that? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we all know if you've listened to Havar podcast at all that I am a sucker for friendship in my ears. And when I, <laughs> when I don't hear it, I'm not going to do it. Um, so the quick story is that Tabitha and I went on a girlfriend's getaway last weekend and we were going to just go rest and refresh and replenish and restore. And God had other plans and he met us at every point and every perch and every rocking chair and every everywhere. And so what came of that is that, well, we're a little crazy. And so we were not podcasting and we packed our podcasting equipment. <laughs> we felt as if we were supposed to take our podcasting gear for a podcast we no longer had. That's right. So we did it. And I packed my t-shirt that says, given to me by a friend, there's a podcast for that. And I wore it <laughs> on the day that Tapitha set up a podcast, our podcasting equipment out on the balcony of our airbnb and uh but the previous day we were out in our rocking chairs and we were just talking about what the lord had done and all these symbols and clues and things that were in my heart and things that were in her heart that she wanted me to do and um and so what came out of that was a podcast and we called it the prophet's perch and we recorded our first, my first episode there. And now this is the second one. And the tagline that just came flying out of my mouth after I said, I'm not going to do one is God is calling us to soar higher, see farther and learn to speak what he is showing us so that others can see and hear too. And I figured with a tagline like that might, be, might real. be something. Yeah, it might be real. So, yeah, this is going to be my second episode. I recorded the first, and I'm just glad to, to be back with you here. Yes. But, um, but yeah, like you said, God kind of divided us and then sent us out on our own ways, and it's so sweet to be back. I don't know. Always, it seems like we're always traveling together, but separate, mm -hmm. but together. So that's good. <laughs> 
All right. So are you ready to dive in? No, because why don't you tell my two listeners what Tab Talks Live is? Well, I'm still kind of bumping my way through what Mm -hmm. Tab Talks is. The Lord had been placing a call on my life to preach. And so I felt as if doing reels on Instagram would kind of get me used to just doing little baby usings of my voice. And so right now, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm actually about to sell my house and live in a camper for about a year while uh, our home gets built. And so that's a completely different story. But in that season, we're going to have a house built with an apostolic hub connected to it. And so until that's there, I'm just gonna, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it and just practice until I'm doing it in that hub. So that's what Tab Talks is right now. It's just me talking and preparing for my future. Awesome. And you can follow you on Instagram Mm -hmm. and Facebook, Tab Talks Live. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you on Spotify right now at the Prophet's Perch. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's go for it. Okay. So now repeat our title. The Prophetic Window. And witchcraft. <laughs> That's what we're coming out of the gate with on the prophet's perch here in on this episode crossover. two. Yeah, in this crossover. Okay, why don't you start? Mm-mm. Why don't you start? Oh, I will. I, well, no, I, I really think you should. Okay, well, I don't have it before me, but I am going to share a post on Facebook. And it was really stirred in me because recently I've seen a lot of people that I follow online talk about witchcraft. So it's really heavy right now. You see a lot of people talking about witchcraft and the occult and deliverance and inner healing and counseling. And all these things are stirring all over, not just in the Christian world, but the world in general. And so there's a crossover Actually, I'm seeing in the world where what is supposed to be of the Lord gets tainted. I think that's just throughout Scripture. God has a plan for his people and for this world. And it's always tainted somehow by the enemy who wants to tear apart that perfect plan that God has for us. And so I began to think about people talking about witchcraft, but what kept on stirring in my spirit, I began to get angry, almost like a mama bear. And what I was connecting in my heart and my mind and my spirit to was that I believe that when it comes to the supernatural things, the world is really interested in that. We want to watch scary movies to understand. If you look anywhere, like everything you see almost is connected with some kind of supernatural essence attached to it and so because people are attracted to that what i was thinking is that one of the gifts the prophetic gift i think can actually be one that is hypersensitive to spiritual things therefore because the prophets and the prophetic people are so sensitive in their spirits they often are work um connected to intercession and a lot of them see their seers their hears they they experience things with so much sensory things that i believe witchcraft and the occult will naturally kind of go after them in a way that somebody who's not open to that 
as easily wouldn't even imagine or deal with. And so I began to really like burn for not only to say, hey, guys, we have to recognize that witchcraft and the occult is real, but actually that it's going to be hard for our prophetic people to not not deal with this. Yeah. When we were on our getaway, the Lord had been speaking over and over and over, saying, calling me to an eagle's eye perspective and reemphasizing eagle over and over and over. We first got to the Airbnb and I, I was like, am I hearing the right thing? So we go in there and the Wi-Fi password was mobile eagle. And so then I was like, this is crazy, but is this really whatever? And so then we go out to the street to walk around downtown to see what's going on. And you stopped me and said, look at the street we're on. And we were on Eagle Street. The reason I say this is because the minute we stopped, I took my picture underneath the Eagle sign. And we were met by a huge group of people walking down the sidewalk. And I was like, we, we were both like, where are they coming from? What are they doing? So, you know, we're, we're just happy to be on Eagle Street. And we joined up the rear you know, of the group. And I said, what are y'all doing? And she said, oh, we're on a ghost tour. Now, if that's not real life, what you're talking about, the prophetic, the seers, the, the ones who are called higher to soar and to see from the heights what's going on and we're down on the street and we get intersected with a ghost tour people who are so hungry for the supernatural what was interesting though is i mean they probably paid a pretty good i don't know how much ghost tours are but you're going to pay for them you know it's not like a i mean it's more than i would spend to go see ghosts but i asked the the person i said or one of the girls that we were talking to i said have y'all seen anything yet? And she said, no. I said, how long you been doing this? She goes about 45 minutes. (laughs) And so I just, you know, I've been thinking about that, like how hungry we are for the supernatural. You'll pay to see a quote ghost. Uh, but the Holy spirit is free and he's pretty much available all the time, but it's been distorted to look for a, a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And to where people are like paying to, you know, go on these ghost tours, which is just, I don't know. It was really sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so we titled this pr- the prophetic window and witchcraft. And so you want to talk a little bit about that trip and, you know, what, what made you come up with the prophetic window? Because mm-hmm. that was something that you were feeling. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks, weekends ago, we had an amazing women's gathering in Culpeper called Release the Runners. And there's been a whole lot of stuff on that. You can go back to my first episode on the Prophet's Perch and hear a report of that from an eagle's eye perspective on what was happening who we encountered, how it happened. So I won't go into all that here. But what I do know is that because of how the Holy Spirit came and the hunger and the expectancy of about 120 women in the upper room of the refinery um, in Culpeper, just crying out for the Lord, we were visited by the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And I came away go thinking and knowing there had been a prophetic window 
opened. And it was confirmed. You know, you would hear from other women who had attended that they were experiencing this awakening. I also began to hear from a few women that they were who didn't even go. And this is kind of what I guess prompted me to put it, put two and two together is that they didn't even go, but they were telling me some of them were my clients that, Hey, do you think this is weird? And for my clients, um, they began to say, I experienced this. I felt this for those who are geared to feeling and seeing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, people are even experiencing this window without having even gone. So then I remembered that a few years ago, probably three years ago or so, I had a dream. And in the dream, it, there was just a off-white cream background. And in black letters was the word Kitake, K-I-T-I-K-E-E. -E. It was so clear that I thought, well, this is something, but mm -hmm. I had never heard of that before. So I go look it up. And what I found out is there is actually a language called Taluga. Have you ever heard of Taluga? No, no, only beluga whales, but no Taluga. <laughs> um, and in that language, Kitake means, well, what do you think it means? Window. Alrighty. And I remember um, just praying for years. I thought it was a personal word. And I kept thinking, what am I missing? Lord, is there a, is there a window? Am I, am I missing it? And so I, for, for a few years now, three years, I've been, when I think about it, praying for the kitaki, this, I didn't want to miss the window. I was mm -hmm. so afraid I was going to miss some kind of personal window. And what I've seen is that it's a much bigger window than I thought. And one is open mm. now. And so what do we do with it? <laughs> What do we do with the prophetic open window? Yeah, and we, well, we have to guard it, which yeah. I think is what, you know, we're on here to talk about. And then, well, you kind of give your perspective, and then I want to go back and and outline a little bit of what a window actually is. So you give us the warnings, and then I'll go and tell us what's available in the window. The warnings. Well, let me start by saying when it came to the witchcraft talk, I could see a lot of people in the body of Christ saying, ah, no, we don't mess with this as Christians. Like we don't mess with witches. And I think we don't realize that anything of Satan, he's very sly and he's very deceptive and he's, he's pretty sneaky. And so things come in in ways and windows and doors. If they come in, it, it is almost like witchcraft doesn't come in through the door. It actually does come in through more like a window, like air would. And I just see it so clearly, like, we just think, oh, no, we're not messing with that stuff. But then you see people watching scary movies. You see people doing yoga. You see people buying dream catchers. You see a big amount of people who are doing um, massage or um, some form of healing counseling and they're using and being trained in tools and getting their um what is it they have the plaque on the wall that said they took this course but the roots of what they're doing 
is a cult. And I think we have to be so careful because I personally do not think that you can stick Christian in front of something that has roots in the occult and witchcraft and it just becomes kingdom in that second. I just, I personally don't. And I bet you there is a prophetic gifting on so many of these. Like to me, I just see it. I bet they are sensitive in the spirit. I bet they're called to inner healing. I bet they are called to prayer. I bet they get dreams and visions. I, I, well, maybe I shouldn't bet. I don't know. Is that like connected with something all in itself? So, okay, I'm not going to bet, but I would be really inclined, inclined to say that these people probably have a prophetic bent an ability to hear from the Lord very clearly and precisely and actually be able to come up with Holy Spirit, heavenly ways of doing the same thing without those pagan root systems that are in the bottom of them. And so I think, again, like I said, I think churches might be saying, oh, no, we don't mess with that stuff. But I just gave you some examples that you might be messing with you didn't even realize it. And also one way I truly believe that churches kind of need to wake up and understand is I've watched so many churches reject the prophetic voice that they don't realize that they say we want God supernatural, but they rather go watch a scary movie than admit that the prophets are real. And that was kind of what was blowing my mind. Here we are as a church, a lot of us saying, hey, no, we're not messing with this. We're not dabbling with this. But they won't even dabble with the Holy Spirit supernatural realm. Yet they're quicker to dabble without knowing it and realizing it with another side. Did that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just wrote That's this yesterday, powerful. so I'm trying to work it out. But it, it makes me want to protect the prophetic. So if there's this window and the prophetic gift is being awakened in so many, I know that the enemy is going to try to twist it and taint it and make it impure. And witchcraft, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, that's power. I mean, to even equate that with, you know, we're so quick, we're so quick to look for the, for supernatural thrills, but to reject the supernatural voices. I, it's, um, it, it actually makes me really want to cry. I've got like a lump in my throat. I, and it doesn't, I think what we need to also realize is that when we curse, it's witchcraft. I had, actually it's happened a few times in my practice. Um, for those of you who are listening and may not know, I have a mental health practice for women and families called Restore Family. And the other day, uh, I was praying for someone in there and just began to pray a breaking of the stronghold of witchcraft over her. And you know what it was? People just saying, you shouldn't be, you're telling lies when she wasn't, she was telling the truth or someone else, you know, slapping a label on. And I think we have to church be so careful. You don't have to be watching Freddy Krueger and Jason, you know, on Friday nights, but if you got curses coming out of your mouth 
you're that's just as witchcrafty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know. There's there is a window. There is a window open. So we're going to hear accusations towards each other that we're going to want to repeat. It that's just as dangerous as going to a Reiki healer. They're kind of all the the same. They're doing the same things. Yeah. Now you can get levels and um you know, I don't think we want to go into that today, but there are levels into the demonic and the supernatural. Yeah, I mean there's principalities, which means yeah. there are levels. Yeah. So okay there. There that's scripture for you. We're not just yeah, pulling stuff out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you can start to feel it, so you know, what you're, what you're going to start feeling is that there's something available and you're going to want it because it feels supernatural because it's mimicking the supernatural of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think a prophetic people will be attracted to it. And yeah. Not yeah. only is it going to feel, it's not going to feel almost it evil. It's not right. going to feel like that. It's going to feel like, oh, like this feels good. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like, oh, otherworldly, which I definitely have a prophetic bent and I've always loved like, you know, the Lord of the Rings and things fantasy. like that. Yeah, just that fantasy. And it's because there is a reality, a heavenly reality with things that we do not understand that I long for. But if I if I get so caught up in that stuff, I'm just oh, it's so tainted and it's it's so not what is our portion Mm -hmm. and i yeah because i think you get sucked in that stuff and you'll be on netflix and all those new series that are so dark and twisted coming out you'll be in those but you know what it's going to do and i just hear the lord say this i just feel it in my spirit so strongly that when you're going to watch that stuff it blinds your eyes and it closes your ears and it closes your heart and it actually the enemy wants to use it as a numbing agent so that you won't be able to see and you won't be able to hear the lord and so we just are numbing ourselves out to the true voice of the Lord. And that is what is going to happen to the prophetic. And I just, I don't want it. I love the prophets. I want them to have a place. I want them to have a voice. I literally fight for this. Um, I have fought for prophets and I love them and I will always want them to have a safe place. But I'll be like, you ain't coming into my house with that on. You ain't coming. Like, I won't be afraid to say no. That is not. Because at first I didn't want to talk about this. Because I was like, I hate confrontation. I don't want to deal with this. But I love the prophets too much not to not talk about it. And want this stuff nowhere near you guys. Because I want what comes out of you to be so pure and so holy that it changes the world. We had, again, a real life picture of the enticement of it when we were on our, on our trip in Asheville. We were going down the main, you know, the, the main downtown touristy, I guess, place. Mm-hmm. And we were just going to pick up some candy for Tabitha's son. Like, it's a candy store. What's bad about a candy store? Nothing. Nothing is good. Yeah. <laughs> Taste and see. But the Lord is good. Except that we get in there and something so pure, something so childlike, candy. We get in there, the colors are black and red and what, it just feels heavy. And up at the checkout counter was a, was a piece of, was a candy in a box and it was called Satan's toe. And it was literally in the shape of a giant toenail called Satan's yeah, toenail. It was like a triangle. It was a triangle. 
uh, and you could buy that and I guess feed it to your kids. I mean, it's, that's what we're trying. It's so enticing, but it's so, unless your eyes are open, you just walk in and go, it's candy. What the big, what's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. This is just a movie. What's the big deal? You know, I'm, I'm kind of going through this at home. I, I have a kid who is so creative, but some of the record uh, covers, some of the CD covers, some of the artwork that they like, I've allowed it in because he was creative. And this is where I've had to kind of step back and go, wait a minute, because I want to foster the creative. Mm -hmm. I want to foster expression and creativity and beauty in my children and let them experience it and express it. Mm -hmm. But what I've allowed is for a you know, a couple of years, this stuff lives in, in their room and it means it lives in them. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's like, put it plainly, if it lives around them, it's probably living in them. Yeah. It's influencing them and, and it's, and it's in our home. Yeah. Um, and so there's no condemnation. You know, my eyes are a little more open now and, I'm not as willing to say, oh, you know, they're just, they're just expressing themselves, but we have to really protect the expression, um, and what comes in because what comes in is going to what, going to be what comes out. Mm -hmm. And as my, as mother, you know, of my children, I want to make sure that what comes out is pure, but I have to make sure that what goes in is pure. And, uh, so, you know, this isn't something that we're like saying, from the other side, like, you know, we've got this figured out and we're high on this pedestal and we have wiped our lives clean. No, we're struggling. We're grappling yeah. with this now. Yeah, definitely. I know with me personally, uh, I allow Gabriel to play some games on his um, phone or his tablet and he was playing Roblox, which I think a lot of moms are probably like, my kids are playing that right now. And when I looked on there, the covers, some games are so cute. It's, and they made it so childlike, which it really is disturbing because they're even sneaking like really demonic, scary stuff, very graphic into the kids cartoons and yeah. making it it like looks a like candy, a cart like yeah. a candy store yeah it looks like a cartoon so the kids are like oh this is a cartoon but the the teeth and the just the way it looks so i see that there are some good games that he could have a lot of fun with but there's no filter in the game which i think listen you have to watch it because i believe that every time the devil will tempt you with something it's going to look good but you have to give up something for it so for example, he could play Roblox, but I would have to give up him seeing the covers, the horrible covers to let him play the good games. Does that make sense to you? So I could let him play because it has some really cute games, but he would have to see the covers. He doesn't have to play the scary games, but if he just sees the cover real quick, that's not so bad because he's not playing them. And so there's a giving up of something right there. And I just can't. I can't let it go all the way. I can't let his eyes see it at all. And I think we have to go into these times of it's going to have to kind of be all or nothing because the the rate at which things are crossing over into each other, there's no filter. 
there's no filter. You just have to say, I have to, I'm going to have to say no to whole roadblock roadblocks because they didn't give a filter option. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what we're on here saying. You know, I have such a heart to see what happened at release. The runners continue on a, on a local regional level to kind of prepare us for what we give language to what we experience so that we can move together in unity and the bond of peace Mm -hmm. and increase knowledge over what, what happened. And so just to, to your point this morning, the Lord, um, I wrote it down in my journal. I felt it clearly. I've been on social media now for years and years. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm active on it. I make a lot of connections on it. And so I've gotten to where I check it a lot. Um, and very clearly the Lord said, you cannot be on social media and check it like you used to. If everything has changed, then things need to change. And I just want to say so much changed at release the runners. So if you were there and, and that's primarily on the prophet's perch right now, that's where my heart is is going is to to us who were there if you are going to say everything changed then things have to change Mm -hmm. and that requires your participation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything might have changed but if i don't change to meet what changed i I don't get the benefit of it yeah in other words i don't get the profit's reward Mm -hmm. mm-hmm So if you will get under this prophetic window and these words and this prophetic, these prophetic utterances and, and understandings of what happened, you will get the reward, but it's your choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in looking at Kitaki, what a window does, I did make some notes. Because by definition, a window allows the exchange of light and the passage of sound and sometimes air or wind. So I wrote down a few verses that I felt like really punctuated that. And uh, first of all, this exchange of light. Well, first we know in 1 John 1, 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Isaiah 9, 2 says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. So notice the light. The window is open and the light is coming through, but we have to realize it's there. And then, so these talk about the exchange. Psalm eighteen twenty eight says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Amen. There is the exchange. And just for good measure, I'm just going to read that out of the Passion Translation because I love it. God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness, and in your brightness I can see the path ahead. And... In 2 Peter 1.19, it says, We also have the word of the prophets as confirmed beyond doubt, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. 
And there's another place in Psalm 139 where it says, To you the night shines as bright as day, darkness and light are the same to you. So we've had a real exchange of light and dark. God is light. He turns our darkness to light. We are a people in a dark land walking under the floodlight and the revelation light of God. You can choose to stay and see the light, or you can choose to live in a dark land in a dark place. Mm -hmm. We're just simply calling you to realize and recognize the light, Mm -hmm. to make a choice. And then it allows for the sound, sound. So windows, if you raise them, you're opening it up for sound. So, and just remember, some of these are just prophetic pictures uh, in scripture of what is available to us. So I will probably repeat this over and over and over. How the Lord explained the prophetic to me is just, is simply this understanding what is available to us in the spirit. That's what it is. Understanding the prophetic is understanding what is available to us in the spirit. So we have available to us an exchange of dark to light. And we also have the opportunity available to us to receive the sound, a sound. Acts 2, 2 says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. This actually happened where a people crying out in expectancy experienced a sound like the wind and a wind like the sound. And then in first Kings eighteen forty one, it says, now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy rain. Go up, eat and drink for there is the sound of a roar of a heavy rain. Okay. In Daniel ten six. This blows my mind right here. It says his body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. That multitude is not 10 people out in the street crying holy or God. That sound is not even 120 people, women, in the upper room at the refinery in Culpeper telling the Lord he's good. If you look at other scriptures with that same word of the sound, we are talking about nations, nations. So his voice sounds like billions of people in All the nations, past, present, and future, crying out at the same time. That's the sound we're talking about. And all he has to do is utter one word. And it sounds like all the peoples of all the nations of all eternity. This is the sound of a multitude. This is the exchange we make. Think think higher. Think, Think greater. Think bigger. And then the wind. Okay, so the window, exchange of light, and it allows for sound and air or wind. John 3, 8 says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. 
So what I see is that we, or what I hear, the sound I hear is that we are about to see a mighty wind rise up through the people born of God's spirit. And you won't be able to tell where they're coming from or where they're going unless you are tuned into the voice of the wind. There is power in the wind. Amos 4.13 says, For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what are his thoughts, he who makes dawn into darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord God of hosts is his name. It's all found in his name. Air, wind, light, sound. Um. There's another, okay, I want to read one more verse. It's Jeremiah 10, 13, because this is, and then I'll, I'll stop here. It says, when he thunders, the waters in the heavens roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. The reason the wind is so important to our understanding of what's available to us in the spirit is because it, with God's wind comes his mind it comes his spirit which is the seat of our emotions it comes with power courage prophetic spirit to utter instruction correction warning and it imparts warlike energy and executive and administrative power as it comes to endow and impart gifts to men it is the manifestation of the shekinah glory this is not a gentle breeze. Mm. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for asking for a gentle breeze when he wants to come and just knock us all out <laughs> under his power. But it comes with an impartation and an endowment of identity, but his spirit flowing through us to actually go out and be the sons and daughters that the rocks and the earth are crying out for. This is the exchange we have to make. The window is open. Wind, light, sound. A higher revelation is available to us in the spirit if we will grasp this. And you will never be the same. Ever. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say after all that. I think a repentance needs to come. And if you know me, you know I'm very careful to say that because I think repentance uh, can sound so much like condemnation, which I never want to do or make someone feel. But when a window is open and we've been given knowledge and understanding that we didn't have before. My first stop is always repenting now for not for what I didn't know. Cause I don't feel bad that I knew it, uh, that I didn't know it, but still a repentance that says I'm going to turn away from my old ways and go forward into the new way. He's showing me it's more of a renouncing. I renounce my old ways. I repent for the ways that I still want to cling to them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Lord, help me go the new way. Mm -hmm. And so if there's 
anything that you see that you just need to renounce and repent for. There's no, we're not condemning you. We're not condemning us. It's not to walk away and feel bad. It's to say, we want to go the new way. We want the exchange. Mm -hmm. And repentance, it's, it's where it's Holy Spirit guided, where his spirit actually comes in and helps you change the way you think and the way you move and the way you act. It's not just like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I wish, you know, or whatever. It's, it's just, Literally, he comes and he does this for you. He, his, yes. his wind, his authority. He comes and says, Hey, I'm giving you this revelation. Now I need you to be responsible with it. Yeah. So we're going to turn and it's awesome. It's awesome. What a privilege to have revelation you didn't have a minute ago and to take it and say, Okay, God, now that I understand this, now that you're opening this and you're making me aware of this truth, I get to do something with it because I have choice. And to choose to say, hey, I don't want this. I want I want what you have for me. I want my inheritance now. I want to be a son and daughter that hears you and follows you, is in, in you and you and me, and we're going together. And to me, why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we want that? And sometimes it's hard to let go of things. I get it. There's certain things that are, whoa, I held on tight. I was like, I'm not giving up my Netflix. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jesus. Let me watch this episode first and then I will give it up. Like, don't, yeah, believe us where we say we are, we're all together in this, trying to let go of stuff that we don't need and that we really may want, but truly don't need. But, I'm tired of letting the enemy keep me in places where I'm praying to get out of and all I have to do is step out myself and say, Lord, I want your way. And there's a better way coming. Like Stacy said, the window is open. His wind is coming and his authority and power is it's available to us. And so I'd say, come on, let's ride the wind. You know, I'm up for that. Yeah, let's just, let's ride the wind. I saw so many eagle things on this trip that I'm riding the wind myself with Stacy because I'm just like, I don't even know. God, it's, it's cool when God talks to you and it's really cool to watch God talk to somebody else. I would say just watching him talk to you through things on that trip was, <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> Hey, Stace, I was wondering if, um, before we wrap up, are there some things that you could say? Because I have a feeling, just even hearing your stories, that the prophetic gifting was on you, even when you're a little girl. I remember reading an article in the Christian Post, I think it was, and you would set up all your little animals, and you could have said, and I preached to them the gospel but i think you said something like i prophesied to them the gospel and i thought oh when i read that i never heard you put it that way because i remember you saying i would put my little teddy bear college there and i would put all my little animals there and i would you know i would talk to them and i would preach to them but in that article something changed because you were like i prophesied to them and so i know that in our area it's not talked about a lot and so i would love to just hear just a couple of things that even since you were a little girl that kind of set you apart 
with this gifting that other women right now may be experiencing and maybe even experienced when they were little and didn't realize it. Because I think it's so important to make the prophetic practical and really just make people aware of what it is and who who these people are. Because a lot of times you're going to see people, we're all called to be prophetic, but then we have prophets in our midst who are called to be the living word. And so, yeah, could you just share some of those things? Yeah, as you just asked me that, I know on my podcast, it's a podcast, but we're on Tab Talks Live with a video, and I'm, you know, of course, tearing up and can't keep my stuff together over here. <laughs> um, That's okay. Yeah, what I, the the thing that popped up in my head when you said that was, um, I think you can tell, I had, or my mother, there was a fight, I think, from my life from very early on supernaturally. And she tells a story. One time I was very, very little, and I used to go into my parents' room and want to sleep on a pallet on the floor. Do we? Do you say pallet? Do people know what pallets are? Like I, a, um, I think of a wood pallet. <laughs> oh no! But what, I'm no. like DIY, so I'm like we can pull some pallets apart, and make a sign. I'm from you know it's southern. So pallet is that pallet, just like a blanket? It's like a, you know, yeah, really like, soft. You got to like ten blankets underneath yeah, you. You know, okay. like you floating on the clouds on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it's a good pallet. Okay. If it's a bad pallet, you, you, you are going to feel the floor. The, you feel, yeah, yeah. You feel <laughs> the floor. The carpet ain't no help. Uh, uh, okay. So I would go and just, you know, keep a pallet there and I'd go and sneak in there at night and sleep. And so one night she said that she felt something in the room and she sat up and I was at the edge of the bed with my arms spread open, just looking over the bed and she said Stacy and I didn't say anything so she laid back down and she she said you know it just felt weird and so she sat up looked at the edge of the bed and I was at the end of the bed again in in all in white it looked just like me and she said Stacy and then she looked over and I was on the pallet and so from from very early on, there were supernatural things that were happening um, around my life, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I always um, sort of think back to that, like you can sort of look at where you're destined to go based on what comes to attack you. And, and in the beginning, the supernatural came for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think of that. Um, I used to be in church and and just look around and think, why can they sing without tears? Why can they preach without falling on their knees? Even from little, I just, I had this, I guess, a supernatural understanding or like intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah, and so I I would play church. I would set up my stuffed animals. I would prophesy the gospel. I would sing. I would preach, and um, you know, just I think just things things like that. Um, I'm trying to think. It's it's what I have noticed as I get older, um, and more steeped in it, is that 
my life, I will literally, my, I will walk outwards. I, I almost become the walking message rather than I have one. Everyone loves to receive a prophetic word. I love prophetic words in my life. They have done so much, <laughs> but well, I'll tell, I'll tell one story. So let me give an example. So a few years ago, about 10 years ago, the Lord came to me in a dream while I was sleeping, which is another kind of sign. You know, you have all these like weird occurrences while you sleep and you don't know what's going on. And, and he sang the spirit of Elijah over and over and over to me, but his voice was like bells. So I didn't hear words, but I heard the words in the bells. It was beautiful. If heaven sounds like that, I may not be scared to go. (laughs) So Elijah has been just following me around and just going, what in the world? And then we were in our old house when that happened. And a few years ago, we moved. And so we move into this house that has this sunken bathtub. And in the bathroom is painted these, well, they look like, reeds we i don't know what it is but i i was when i walked in and saw it i thought oh, that's kind of that's not my style you know i might redo this bathroom or whatever and then i remember telling tabitha like i took a bath for the first time and i was like oh my gosh i'm elijah sitting in my reeds like the lord really gave me reeds reeds and i go in there and i read and i sit in the reeds and even when there's no water in the bathtub even when there's no water because i just think god will come and fill this bathtub with by the ravens like (laughs) he will bring me me a snack (laughs) i want that freshly baked cake i read about in first kings i think 19 or somewhere wouldn't that be one? Every time I got hungry, there's I just look over and there's a freshly baked cake and some water. Really? Except yeah. I want the cardinals to deliver mine, not the ravens. But anyway, yeah, um, all things are possible with him who believes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, so there's just been marked stories where I realize that I'm sitting in the middle of a word. I'm walking out. The the banner over my my mental health practice is restore family. That is, that is a declarative prophetic word. So I don't, I probably didn't explain that very well, but that's. Yeah. Yeah, Just supernatural experiences. Even some when you're young dreams and even when you feel like you're living out what has been spoken to you in a really linear, like together ways where what you're dreaming what you're seeing what you're hearing you're walking out physically you are and i will say for the the church it's a it's a hard hard relationship where you want to be in it but you also don't know how to exist in it it's hard it's it's painful because you love it but you don't belong there and you don't belong there because no one understands what you're doing there at the same time you become an astute critic from your seat on the fringe and that's no fun and so you have to figure out what is wrong with me you know i i think somebody wired like this will if if you don't grapple with this um i would question what you say you are because there is such a grappling with am i is what i'm seeing right 
repentant over how you deliver the message, but also knowing the message has to go. It, it's a, it's a really, really, I don't know. You've watched, you've watched this for so long. I don't know how you would describe it, but it's a painful relationship. It's a painful existence where you belong, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's yeah, hard. Yeah. I have not seen, um, a church relationship done well with the prophetic. Mm-hmm. Actually, not yet. <laughs> um, but I really am thankful because what I'm starting to see is um, more people talking about the prophetic, as I've known you even for the last, what is it, 10, 12 years? 12, um, 13, something like that. 12 years. The language that has started to bubble up about the prophetic, I hear it a lot more mm-hmm. now. But what I hear even more now that I never heard until even recent, more recently, was the apostolic. Mm-hmm. And so what I got to see a little bit with the release of the runners was the prophetic work with the apostolic very well. And so what I mean by that is where there may be correction needed or red flags raised, those words could be brought to the leaders and the leaders actually listen to them and said, okay, let's see what the Lord is saying. What is he warning us of and how can we make it through? And I think it's quite beautiful if you can work it out. But I think for for now, I won't go into detail. I would love to talk more about that, and I will, uh, and I'm sure you will too, about the apostle and prophetic relationship. But I think for now, we have to build really safe places for conversation, just to keep on coming to the table, but because you may not understand each other because you're coming all the fivefold gifts, all the giftings are coming from a different angle to produce something collectively. And I think for now people are so like trying to figure out their gifting that they don't realize that we actually have to now be inlaid with the other ones. And we actually all have to shine together, you know, shine the revelation, shine that every, whatever, shine that part of Jesus and God and Holy spirit that needs to be revealed from that gifting. And so anyway, I say that to say, I haven't seen it quite done well yet, but I will. I go. I will fight and contend for it to be well. I, um, the, at release the runners. I saw it better than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. So kudos to to y'all. I mean, that's just a shout out to the leaders. Um, yeah, definitely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely done pretty. I've never seen it done like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Thanks, Mark. Mm-hmm. And I hope to see that done more. I hope to see people in our local area accept this prophetic gift in in ways that they haven't. But when you were telling the story about your mom, I really just want to um, I just want to say a prayer and really just break off a spirit of fear that's connected. I'm just going to use your life again as just a corporate breaking off of fear because when your mom saw that, she got scared and. I think it was the first time that fear entered over looking at you. And so I think sometimes we see the prophetic ones and the prophets and we're like, we don't know what to do with it. So we fear it. And so we just cast it away because we're, we're actually scared underneath it. And I never thought about that before that maybe people are scared of it. So I just want to break that off you. Just any fear that your mom ever looked at you and 
said, let fear rule that look in her eyes when it came to looking at you. And I just break that. Just, I just break it. I just break it and I bind it in the mighty name of Jesus that says we will not look upon our prophets with fear any longer, that we will look at them because I heard the Lord in my spirit yesterday say, what has been rejected, which is the prophetic and the prophets, what has been rejected will now be protected. And so we just break off that spirit of fear that when we look at these things that we don't understand that we become fearful. Let us be in awe and wonder, Lord, and really test these things, not be afraid to accept it and test it and really go for what you want us to go for with it, Lord. So I even um, break off the spirit of fear with women and men who are this gift is coming alive in them. It's being awakened like never before. And instead of fearing it, we just thank you for this gifting, Lord. We, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it. And I don't want them to be afraid of it either. So I impart just a love for the prophetic, even right now, that fear would be gone and love would rise. And this protection, this, this spirit of protection that would want to guard the glory in these people, that would guard the presence of the Lord, trying to initiate conversation that can change the trajectory of a church, of a family, of a region, of a nation, of the world. I just truly believe it. And so we just speak that love and that guarding of our prophetic voices, and we will be here to help raise them. And it's okay to try. It's okay to fall. It's okay to get back up and dust your knees off because we see in part. We see in part and we need each other. And so I'm really thankful that um, the Prophet's Perch is taking off and it's launching. It's being released. And I just watched, of course, I'm like watching this little series and they have a bald eagle. And they had kept it in a cage. And this little boy was like saving his money because he wants to free this eagle. So the eagle... They open the cage because he bought the eagle and he's like, go eagle, go fly. And the eagle didn't want to leave the cage because it was so used to that cage. The eagle just sat there looking around. And I think that's like the prophetic, like they've been caged so long on the fringe that they're in the cage and they're like, go eagle, go eagle. And it wouldn't. And that little boy cried so hard because he wanted to see the eagle fly. And so I think I'm much like that little boy where I paid my $2 and I'm like, fly, eagle, fly. <laughs> and the eagles are so nervous to do it. But they took him like higher. They took him to higher and they kept on opening the cage and kept on inviting him out, kept on inviting him out. And they just, they took him to a higher elevation, which I love. Sometimes we just got to go a little bit higher, right? We had to go to the mountains of Asheville to see the Lord like never before. So sometimes we just got to get a little higher. So they took that eagle a little bit higher and he flew out of that cage. And I believe that the prophets of the Lord, the prophetic voices, were they're going to be released. The window is open. We're going to catch the wind because that's what they were made to do. And so we just invite them, I invite you prophetic voices and prophets of the Lord to catch the wind. It's time to catch the wind. It's time to fly without fear, with faith that lifts you up higher than you have ever been before, to see and hear like you've never heard before. And the church is listening. I believe it. We're ready to listen, and we're ready to see, and we're ready to receive you. Amen. Thank you. All right, thanks for listening and watching and uh yeah it was good to be back with you today mm -hmm. yep. we'll do this more okay. okay for now i'll watch you fly all right, all right. Bye. <laughs> there she goes <laughs>
<laughs> there she blows. <laughs> With a great company, a mighty throng. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.